Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, three things will be true in the future. One, apes will evolve the ability to speak and ride horses. Two, mankind will be driven underground and develop telekinetic abilities. Three, Nintendo's Black Friday deal will be a Switch bundled with Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as I am always joined, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We're going to be talking about the news from the week, including uh, details on the Mario Plus Rabbit Sparks of Hope DLC, and of course, Nintendo's Black Friday deals. And then on Thursday, we are definitively ranking the opening chapters from the Zelda games. But Mark, in the meantime, how is it going? It's going great. I, uh, you know, we had... A kind of a different cold open at first, but we eventually worked it around to yeah, pl- we, being we Planet landed, of the Apes that's related. Right, that's right. Yeah. And that just makes me uh, really happy. You get the first Planet of the Apes in there. Get yeah. A little bit little of the second, second Planet of the Apes. Uh, look, the, the second Planet of the Apes. And look, we're talking like the of the original Planet of the Apes is from the 60s, right? <laughs> um, we're, we're talking old, old, old movies there. Yes. Um, Mark, can I tell you about a, a, a not old movie that I watched this weekend? Oh, yeah, please. In fact, a brand new movie that I watched this weekend. I saw Weird, the Weird oh, Al movie. right. I forgot that came out. How was that? Uh, it was really, really good. Oh, yeah? It's very funny. Um, it is not at all real. It's all made up um, crazy stuff. It's sometimes a parody of biopics. Sometimes it's a parody of 80s action movies. Um, and it's got a ton of celebrity cameos in it that were really, really fun. I didn't realize that. I did not realize that it was not like an actual biopic. No, it is. That's. It is really not. That's really funny. Where do you, where can I watch this? Only on the Roku channel. <laughs> By the way, no, no, no free ads. This is not yeah, an ad. That's right. This is not an ad for no. the Roku channel. No. Um. So look, you know someone in your life who has a Roku. <laughs> Go use their Roku and, 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 and watch the movie. It is great. I really, really enjoyed it. That's awesome. Um, thought it was very fun. Mark, here's something else that, can I call it very fun? No free ads. Sonic Forces, my copy of it. Would you like to borrow it? My copy of it for the Nintendo Switch? You can try. You can get on a list to do so. All you got to do is email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at gmail.com. And give us a mailing address where we, we can send you uh, through the mail. USPS, my copy of Sonic Forces. You play it for as long as you want. You uh, send it back. I've paid for postage both ways. I don't pay you for your time playing the game. Um, that's on you. That's a that's an expense to you. I'm sorry. Um, and uh, that's it. It's a perfect borrowing program. You know, we are in the season of giving. So, Patrick, I mm. look, I uh, don't want to invent a new rule for the Sonic borrow, pr- borrowing... Sonic Forces. Oh, my gosh. Borrowing program. <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> I... But do you think, as a fun last-minute stocking stuffer, yeah. somebody could put somebody else's name on the Sonic Forces Borrowing Program list and then like write a note saying, like, for the holidays... Yeah, your I... name has been added to the Sonic Forces. Uh-huh. Here's the thing. I would double-check with that person first before you send me their address. <laughs> <laughs> Just, you know what I mean? Well, you could still put your address on it as right, the gift right, giver. Right, right, right. And then eventually years from now right 
when it, when it finally comes yeah. through. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. The Sonic Forces borrowing program list is long. Um, also, it, it's a, it's totally possible that when you get it, it's a copy of Untitled Goose Game instead oh, of Sonic right. Forces. I didn't say that yet. So. I would I would say this is not a good Christmas gift. <laughs> okay, and I'm hearing what you're saying, but right. I'm saying it's an option. It's if an option. If uh, you know somebody who needs a little Sonic Forces in their life someday. So such like a little <laughs> amount of Sonic Forces. Well, here's another thing you can do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in the spirit of giving, you can <laughs> leave Patrick and I and the show a five star review on. In fact, you should do it for the show. Don't rate us individually. Yeah, no, on, you're right. On, on you're podcast right. apps, that's you, not fun. You're right. You can leave the show a five star review on the US app, on the Apple Podcast, on Spotify, or anywhere that you get to your podcast. We appreciate it so much when you do. It helps people find the show. Patrick and I love re- reading your reviews. And if you leave us a review on the US Apple Podcast Store, we can see it and we'll give you a shout out on the show. But if you leave us a review anywhere else, or you thumbs up us, or favorite us, whatever you can do on your podcatcher, we still really appreciate it. We just can't see it, but we want to give you a shout out. So let us know. Hit us up. Send us an email. Uh, send us a message on Twitter. And we'll give you a thanks on the show. Yeah, we appreciate it when you do that. Also, if you have not already joined the NCS Discord, um, you can. It's a bunch of people hanging out talking about Nintendo stuff. Um, and teaming up in Splatoon and looking for game recommendations and all kinds of fun stuff like that. Everyone is super chill and fun and funny and interested and interesting. Um, so get in there. Just uh, send us an email. Hit us up on Twitter. We will happily let you in. Um, all right, Mark, let's get into what we've been playing this week. I think the headline for this week is uh, Persona 5. Yeah. I've, Royal. Yes. I yes. continue to fi- play Persona 5 Royal. How far are you in Persona 5 Royal? Ooh, still not very far. Okay. Um, I have gotten out of the like first chunk of the like castle that you encounter on your way to school the yeah. first time. Um, and have just like started the actual school day after that. Oh, okay. So I've I'm just sub two hours into the game. Uh, so like I'm not I'm not very far. I gotta say I am struggling at all the same like struggle points that I had when I first tried to play Persona Five. Um, that like I just I just want it to like kind of let me go. Uh, uh-huh. and I I feel like maybe I'm like teetering right on the edge of where it lets me go, but maybe not. So I would say again, like no real spoilers, but I would yeah. say right at about maybe where I was last week. So like three and a half hours. Mm-hmm. Um basically the next time you go into the palace yeah. to like really kind of like uh attempt to run at the treasure, the game right around that time be just like dumps a ton of systems on you so like as you're going through that palace like you there's a lot thrown at you and it does begin to like open up like the things you can do between school days and stuff like that it does um it's really i i know I think this is probably how a lot of the persona games are but this is the first one I've been playing and I kind of like the way that what it does is Yes, something happens pretty much every day, but it's not like every day you have the ability to do the same activities. It's like, okay, sometimes they're going to jump, you're going to do, you're going to be in school, a teacher's going to ask you a question, and then it's going to jump you to the evening, and you basically just have to go to bed. Yeah. Other times, you know, you you 
have a little agency before school and a little agency after school. And then it's going to jump you to the evening. Like that part of it's kind of interesting. Here's one thing. So I have beat that first palace and I am beginning the second palace. And one thing that I don't really know what to do with is that I think I, on the one hand, from like a remove am enjoying my time with Persona 5 Royal where like I'm beginning to understand some of the systems and you know like grow a bond with the characters and everything but it's not really bringing me any joy that's interesting I'm not having to like I wouldn't say I'm having like fun fun playing it right so I don't really know I don't really know what to do because it's such a like big time commitment and I don't dislike my time with it but I am not having fun. Right. Well, and so uh, how uh, you, you're like five-ish hours. In yeah, I'm a little point, over right? like five hours. Um, I, 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 I saw your, uh, I checked your profile uh, before uh, coming over today. And I saw it said like about five hours, yeah. five hours or more. Um, and like, I recognize that that is still early for an RPG, right? Like, totally. I've, I've definitely played RPGs that like I haven't fallen in love with until like the ten hour mark or you know whatever. Um, and so like I'm I'm not gonna give up on this game before I've like given it a real honest try. But yeah, I mean there are the the last time I played when you know I, I did like forty five minutes ish, uh, you know, straight, um, which d- is not a lot of time really. Um, but man, it felt like a lot of time. Um, there's just, I don't love the characters yet. I don't love the way the story is told yet. I don't love that I don't have like a lot of control over like anything. Um, and that the the combat at this point feels like just shallow as anything, uh, which I'm, is the beginning of any RPG. So like, I, I know, I know, I know I'm just not there yet. Um, but yeah, it's hard to like motivate myself back to it when it's like, um, you know, during your like first run at this palace, uh, that like the, on two separate occasions, it like flashes ahead to the future where like uh, you're being interrogated. I hate this storytelling device. And I'm like, <laughs> and it's like that. Then you get a like a couple like options to like respond in different ways that are all the same thing. And then then you flash back to, and it's like, <laughs> what is the point of this? I know, I know, I, I don't, I don't get it at all. I don't either. I'm assuming slash hoping that like it does not go through the entire game. But it's kind of like what I was talking about last week where I felt like, I feel like a lot of the dialogue is just kind of like pointless and repetitive because you flash forward to the future. You're yes. talking to this agent. Yes. And you know, she's like, how, so that like, you're, you you expect me to believe that that's how you like met this person? Right. And then like you get the two uh, <laughs> options of like dot, 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 or like, what do you want me to say? And it's like, what? There's no functional difference between these responses. Why are you making me choose? And then, and then it just like, like no new information is revealed. Like right. I just don't. I just, uh, I I'm a hundred percent with you. Where it's like, here's the because I, I mean, how many times did I start Dragon Quest Eleven S Echoes of the Elusive Age Definitive Edition for the Nintendo Switch before I actually like yes got into it and played it? And I keep thinking also about like uh, Tokyo Mirage Sessions, where the first few hours of that game is really chunky as well. Like the first kind of like 
dungeon area you go through yeah. is really boring, really bad. The combat doesn't start to get fun until way later. Which is also, uh, all these things are also true of every Fire Emblem game. Right. Like most of the Final Fantasies. Like, I know that these games start bad. <laughs> but there's just, there's something about, for me, about, like, the world of Persona 5, which is purposefully, like, really bleak. I also, okay, yes. I have yeah. to say, the game deals with, like, um pretty heavy subject matter. Yes. But I feel like it does it so clumsily and not in a very, like, satisfying way because it talks about some of the, like, like terrible things that adults can do, but it doesn't commit to it. I don't feel like it is... It, like, pulls back in a way that is very unsatisfying to me. Mm, pulls back. What do you mean by that? Like, well, it... Go. Well, I guess, like, what I mean is that... Um, I don't know. It, I feel like almost even in just, like, the language that it uses to describe the things that are happening... Yeah. Um, it, it feels almost like afraid to commit to what it is trying to sure, express. Yeah, yeah. And so it uses language that like softens what is happening, uh, which feels almost like a, a cheat to me. Yeah. Well, and that, that's like, interesting. it doesn't really want to engage yeah, with, the, with the topics. Yeah. But like, I can also see that as like a either cultural or thematic thing too. Cause I feel like all of the language is soft, right? Like, Characters spend almost all of their time not actually talking about what they're talking about um, or, or just, like, uh, responding, like, incredulously to you not talking about... You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, there's, they, 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 there's very little talking about what they're actually talking about. Um, and uh, I, I wonder if that is part of a, like, uh, you know, like, the ambivalence about these things or, like, trying to ignore them out of politeness, like, only allows them to fester... Um, like that feels, or, you know, just sort of like the uh, mundane evil of like uh, the cops that pick you up for being like truant at, at the beginning of uh, that, that first day of school um, where it's like, well, why, why do, why do they have to be jerks to you? And it's like, well, they just have to, cause like, that's their job. And like uh, it's mundane. And like, that's where the bad stuff is. It's just out of this, like, excessive politeness or rule following or whatever um which would also be like consistent with the hero being like this joker character um all of which i don't understand at this point <laughs> early enough in the narrative um but so like i'm i'm ready i'm primed for like these things to pay off and, and be meaningful um but i feel like i'm in pre-meaningful stage at this yeah point. And i'm just a little nervous about like how long it's going to take me yeah to get there one thing i am enjoying and again when like the your structure opens up a little bit which you're very close to you know like another like maybe hour or so and you begin to like experience this sort of stuff is uh the amount of things you can do in the world and like how you choose to spend your time because you know like you have an afternoon but doing one activity like studying or reading or going to the movies or taking a part-time job like they it's this really interesting balance of, you know, like, well, I, I could study in the library and, you know, either increase my knowledge or my guts, or I could go to my part-time job at the, like, 777 and earn, you know, some money. Right. Like, and uh, all of them have, like, pros and cons. And so if you're playing online, you can see, like, what other people did that day. So it kind of gives you an idea of, like, oh, if you're not sure, like, yeah. where you can spend your time. So that's a really interesting system. It actually kind of reminds me, it makes me wonder, like, how much 
Three Houses was inspired by yeah, Persona, yeah, yeah. or maybe specifically Persona Five. Again, I haven't played any of the other ones, but um, uh, so again, it's like academically, I'm enjoying it, <laughs> but when I'm like actually engaged with it, it doesn't bring me happiness. So okay, that 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 you you did start with that, and I I, I wanted to ask this question when when you first said it. Do 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 you think that you are enjoying it when you are reflecting on it, but not actually enjoying it while you're doing it? Is that like as as like later you're thinking about what you did, you're like, oh, that was neat. No, I actually think hmm. it's like when I am playing it, I it's almost like I'm removed from it, and I'm yeah. like, oh, like that is an interesting system. Like hmm. I recognize that this is interesting. I recognize that this, you know, like uh, thematically is interesting, and yet I am not having fun. With I'm it. not necessarily having like like right. I don't. It doesn't fill me with the same sense of like uh, joy or wonder, you know, that other games. I I was talking to friend of the show and previous guest Connor McCabe, and uh, he just recently played Fallout Three for the first time, and it just made me think how much like I loved Fallout Three and mm-hmm. how like I couldn't wait to get back to it when I played it for the first time and like all that kind of stuff, and how I am not feeling that on Persona right, Five, right? Which again, like. And that that's all stuff I get. And the, you know, there, there's there are. And look, I'm going to talk about Shovel Knight in a couple minutes. So like, there are. I understand sometimes there are just games that like get you right. They just get into you, and you're like, that's all I want to think about. That's all I want to play. This is something that excites me while it's happening. Something that ex- excites me when the controller isn't in my hand. Um, all of that kind of stuff. And for whatever reason, but neither of us have gotten there with Persona Five Royal yet. And I know I've only played two hours of this game, and it's not fair <laughs> for me to be talking about it at all. But that's just that's how I'm feeling. That's how you're feeling. Right yeah, now. exactly. And not enough where I'm like ready to quit it, right? Uh, because I know so many people whose opinions I respect yep. who really love yep. this game, and so it's just like, yeah, I think I'm just not far enough into it, right? Um, at plus this we point. both spent sixty dollars on this game. <laughs> that's real money. Yeah, I mean, I've definitely played. Games that I spent sixty dollars for, like less. Well, yes. Than, <laughs> so that's true. That yeah. is true. That is true. Um, Mark, you've also been playing Splatoon. That's right. Well, just because the Splatfest is, uh, the next Splatfest is this weekend, and so I wanted to get my um, like T-shirt and choose the team. Yeah, I and, gotta hop in and do and that do too. like all that kind of stuff. So, uh, going back to Splatoon three, played last night a couple of rounds of Turf War. Was reminded how like terrible i am at turf war but that's what these flat fests are you know you yeah, gotta rep true. your team but i'm also like am i like is my team better off if i don't participate like that could be true yeah maybe um what who who are you repping a uh, grass type your grass type so yeah. you're, you're going with your i mean it was a solemn promise of, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay the, the results of our uh episode where we scientifically determined right uh which starter type was our favorite i guess I, d- I think just which type we were, like, innately, yes, right? Yes, yeah. Um, uh, which means I got to go with water type, because mm-hmm. uh, that's where the cards landed for me. Despite the fact that I... Uh, Sobble's in that lineup, and I don't care for Sobble. <laughs> yep. Um, so, yeah, I, I got to hop in and, and do that, too. Um, I continue to play uh, the Shovel Knight games. I'm very near the end of sh- uh, Shovel of Hope, the, like, main Shovel Knight uh, thing. Um, and I, I was trying to like conceptualize just like what, what, when I think of like the Shovel Knight games, like what, what is it that like holds them together? 
Um, and the first thought that popped into my head, I don't think this is right, but it popped into my head, so I'm saying it anyway, is that the premise of Shovel Knight is, uh, what if a video game was good? <laughs> it's just everything is so uh, wonderfully designed, and the uh, uh, like movement and combat is so like satisfying and clicky and fun. Um, and the levels are like perfectly designed and I just love the game. I just really love <laughs> the, the game. Um, and I, I'm looking forward to moving on from Shovel of Hope to uh, Plague of Shadows, which is the one campaign that like I never finished. Um, uh, and so I'm excited to like dig into it. So Shovel of Hope, and I think you said this at the beginning, Shovel of Hope is the name now for yes. the first game in right. like a New Hope type renaming that is almost certainly why it is called shovel of oh hope. i see yes. yes yeah got it okay that makes sense yep uh and uh plague of shadows is is, is the plague night yeah, i remember you saying that yeah. that like that just, one didn't jive with you for yeah, whatever reason it, it's weird like the the mobility is odd um because a lot of it is based on you like throwing potions and being propelled by them um and so you have to like uh and there's like a double jump mechanic too so you sort of have to um jump throw the potion and then use the double jump after that to sort of like correct where you're uh, actually going to land. Um, and it just means that you have to like really think out everything that you're going to mm. do because Plague Knight can't really jump um, a, a respectable height on his own without like all these assisted uh, modes of moving around. Well, maybe it'll be like, you know, when you listen to an album from a, a new album from an artist and you're like, mm, I don't think so. And then like yeah, yeah, years yeah. later you come back to it and you're like, why did I not appreciate this the first time yeah this one's actually good um but i mean we'll we'll see maybe maybe it won't be good and i'll get frustrated and i'll stop uh, talking about shovel knight uh not too likely though <laughs> um all right mark let's th that's what we've been playing this week let's get into the new releases and what we might be playing next week it's here i guess actually now that i'm saying that i feel like the reason why well today Tuesday, November 8th, <laughs> Sonic Frontiers Thank you. is released, and I feel like it marks a momentous moment for the show, even though I, because of the Sonic Forces borrowing program, right. even though I think it doesn't, it's just been a long time right. since we've had a mainline Sonic game. Right, and so the question becomes, like, does uh, Sonic Forces become supplanted by Sonic Frontiers? Do I play Sonic, do I buy Sonic Frontiers and play it for, like... 20 minutes and decide it's not for me and like just add it to the to the pile like what do we do yeah i my feeling is nothing my feeling is also nothing yeah but, but i guess we'll see we'll see, we'll see. yeah the uh, sonic forces borrowing program also came out of uh a, a whim if uh, the whims uh, lead us that way then they lead us that way also released today on the switch is sifu sifu which has previously been out on the uh playstation consoles um, was looking kind of rough uh, in the Nintendo Direct uh, that showed it off, but uh, it's out on Tuesday. Also on Thursday, November 10th, Garfield Lasagna Party is released on Switch. Which, uh, what do we think that is? What do we think Garfield Lasagna Party is? Uh, well, I cheated because I looked up what okay, Garfield yeah. Lasagna Party is. It's, a, is it? it's like a Mario Party-esque party game. Is it really? Yeah. Okay. And uh, I have to say, I've, I'm on the record on this show uh, being a big booster for really specific sim games, you know, like bus sim bus driver simulator and 
that power sort of wash thing. simulator uh-huh yeah. and but i will say my other favorite genre of games is of course uh, garfield licensed games yes of so, course um, garfield kart um oh i guess it was hello kitty cruise <laughs> yeah 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 that's right that's right uh but also this reminded me that mario party one and two released last week on the nintendo switch online plus expansion pack the nintendo 64 and uh we forgot to mention it so yeah. mario party one and two both of them at the same time available um a, a little weird um that like there are uh like courses and characters in these games that need to be unlocked through like regular play when do you think do you think they're going to put out the what, what are they called the sp versions of of those games i don't feel like they've been doing that at all for n64 games yeah not yet um but like they did do it like uh eventually for the super nintendo games for like punch out and um mario kart and like all these others where it's like oh yeah you don't have to like go through the trouble of unlocking stuff you can just because i think i feel like so many people who are accessing these things are people who had these games growing up no longer had the means to play them but like unlocked everything back in the day right um and so it would just be nice to have the option to uh play as you know everything i found this when i was playing um wave race uh 64 that uh there were all of these um like the 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 trick courses and just like the regular like race courses that uh i had remembered but didn't have unlocked in uh this you know fresh version of the game and i was like ah oh, dang like i you know i just wanted to like stroll down memory lane and like see some of these late game levels and they're just not there yeah or they're there but i've got to earn them again yeah hopefully they will do sp versions i'm also hoping and i'm sure that there are technical reasons why this doesn't exist that when they bring sp versions my wish is that they bring like 30 second rewind to the n64 games too oh that would be i do miss that yeah yep i miss it too and then on friday november 11th tactics ogre reborn is released so now this is interesting uh tactics ogre reborn is a remake of uh one of the tactics ogres game which is a remake of another game entirely um uh and the this thing is looking pretty good it's looking like classic uh square enix tactical rpg um with like the like the the graphics are a little bit smoothed out it looks like but like still looking pretty like pixely and chunky and good um i'm interested in seeing how this is received uh and like i've never really gotten into any of the um either be it final fantasy tactics or the uh tactics ogre games uh but i would like to and then also on friday resident evil 2 cloud is released digitally mm-hmm. and then a game called save room is released so save room do you know about save room uh-uh. save room is a puzzle game that is uh so you know in resident evil 4 how you have like uh an inventory and you have to like move uh like your guns and whatever around that's all save room is oh so it's like a puzzle game it's like a puzzle that game, is all yes. about like the inventory management yes that's of resident evil 4 that's very clever um and so that's i mean that's great. I love it that it's releasing on the same day as uh, Resident Evil 2, um, the cloud version uh, on, on Switch, which, by the way, what a great, not that the cloud version, but what a great uh, version of Resident Evil 2 the, this remake is. It's a, have, have you played? Yes, yeah. I did. I played because, uh, you know, you can choose two paths right. to do, and I, I did Rebecca's. But I never did Claire or Leon. It must have been Claire. <laughs> I never did, uh, but I didn't play Leon's. Right, right, right. Rebecca is the uh, Resident Evil Zero protagonist. Oh, okay. 
Um, we should play those again. Uh, Resident Evil's two and three. Not on the Switch, though. <laughs> Although right? we did say maybe if it goes on sale, we'll try out a cloud That's version. Are, are these full price, do we think? They have to be. They have to I'm be. I'm sure they are. All right. Well, someday we'll actually commit to doing these things. Um, uh, Mark, is there anything in these new releases that you are interested in? Uh, no. <laughs> All right. Well, let's close out this segment. Which brings us to a regular segment on our show. It is time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, where a performer or a group of performers didn't play their instruments for 4 minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So, for the duration of one performance, 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Last week, we talked about the uh, villains from the 90s Disney movies and ranked them. We got around to ranking them, I'm pretty sure. Um, Today, we're going to be doing the same, but with the cute animal sidekicks of the Disney films from the 1990s. Uh, We're using the same list as before, so we have to remember who the cute animal sidekicks are in each one of these movies. Um, Mark, how do you think you're going to do in this? Do you you remember cute animal sidekicks? I think I'll do pretty good, and I'll remember... I don't know that I'll remember names. Names might be tough. Names might be tough, but like we'll describe them for sure. Uh-huh. Uh, starting with one that I actually don't know for sure. The Rescuers Down Under. Okay, well, do we count the main mice? Bernard and Bianca do not count. Okay, then I feel like the cute animal sidekick... Is the albatross? The albatross or like the lizard that they're locked in when... Uh, they go to the McLeach is house or okay, like okay. whatever. There's a lizard. There's like a there's like a little like lizard mm-hmm. that is really hyperactive. I don't know the rescuers down under has one because Look, we're tossing it out. Bernard and Bianca are the cute animal sidekicks, right? What a great point. Uh, and if if they are the cute animal sidekicks, then I think they're number one. And speaking of, uh, maybe they don't have one. Beauty and the Beast. The only like animal sidekick in it is uh, Belle's horse. Well, what about the uh, what about the footstool? The footstool is a dog. It's an, uh, the ottoman. I mean, yeah, the ottoman is the ottoman a dog, is a dog. But is it really the animal's sidekick? It hardly interacts with. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I in in my mind, the animal sidekicks are Cogsworth and Lumiere. <laughs> and yet, is that they fair? Are not animals. <laughs> no, I think we have to toss it out. All right, that one's tossed out too. Aladdin, here Abu, we go. yeah, yeah, uh, and Raja. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so right. I guess, uh, and Yago. Yeah, it's got three. It's got three. It's got three good ones. Okay, Lion King. Here's another kind of gray area. <laughs> I mean, they're all animals, and yet I would say Timon and Pumbaa. Right. Is Zazu also an animal sidekick? He's not really an animal sidekick so as much as like an animal authority figure. Like if he wasn't a bird. Yeah, it's a good point. If the Lion King were with people, I don't think we'd count Zazu. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I guess maybe we need to quickly define what like the role of the animal sidekick is. Like, yes, is it because uh, this may change uh, what we uh, consider as the animal sidekick from Beauty and the Beast? Um, uh, are these? Is the Little Mermaid not on here? The Little no, Mermaid, Little Mermaid, is Mermaid came out in eighty nine. I, I, so I would say an animal sidekick is like the confidant of yes. the main character. They are an avatar to which, because it'd be weird if the main character was talking to themselves all the time, right. but they express their emotion and stuff like that to this animal sidekick. And in some ways, the animal sidekick is like comic in some way, right? Like, yes. Especially in like this era of Disney film. And you know that in the final battle, they're going to like jump on a bad guy's face. Right, like, right, right, right. And they're going to be like, ah, get it off me. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah, uh-huh. That's right. That's right. Um, 
So Timon and Pumbaa, I think also pretty high okay. on this list. I, yes. think, I think they're good. Uh-huh. Pocahontas. Miko, the raccoon. The raccoon. And then there's a hummingbird. There's a hummingbird, I too. can't remember the name of the hummingbird. Yeah, me neither. Um, I feel like this is when they started to go crazy with these things. Right? It's when a lot. It's it's a lot. It's a lot. I mean, okay, so speaking of which, Hunchback of Notre Dame. The little gargoyles, right? Yes, but again, not really animals. Uh, although they look animal-esque. Right. right. Uh, the main guy has a horse, another horse that he like talks to. I don't to. think we can count any horses <laughs> in this. <laughs> so I guess, Hunchback, we're throwing out no animal sidekicks? No animal sidekicks. Uh, high on the list of gargoyle sidekicks. Yeah, that's true. Uh, next up, Hercules. Now, I know I said no horses, but Pegasus. <laughs> is though. a Pegasus. Pegasus counts. So I think Pegasus, pe- not a horse. I think it would be Pegasus. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Mulan. So Mulan. Is it Mushu? But she also has a, the, a the cricket. cricket, right? But so okay. I guess it's Mushu and the cricket. But the cricket is the cricket a character? Well, it has a name. I can't remember what the name is, but it probably has a name. Does it? And is Mushu like. Is Mushu maybe too much of a character? Mushu is basically the genie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 So may- maybe, maybe there, maybe there isn't one. I think it's the cricket. <laughs> I think it's just low on the list. Yeah. All right. All right. Fair enough. And then Tarzan. Also going to get us in trouble because it, it's mostly animals. Right. But Turk. Oh boy, Turk. Uh, uh, the Rosie O'Donnell character. Right. And the Wayne Knight elephant, whose name <sighs> I forget. With a T, maybe. It's not Turok. <laughs> No, I think you're just thinking of Turk again. <laughs> oh, yeah, maybe I am. <laughs> uh, bottom of the list. The bottom of, yeah, bottom of the list. Uh, maybe above the Mulan cricket. Yeah, because I think, like, I th- what 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 is there to like about the... He's lucky, right? Yeah. He's a lucky cricket. Uh-huh. Um, Has attitude. I don't think likes Mushu. That's my no. memory of this. No. Does anyone really, like, in the Mulan universe, does anyone like Mushu? No, I don't think so. Mulan puts up with it. Uh-huh. Well, I guess we'll never know. <laughs> I think Aladdin's up there. Aladdin's somewhere. definitely up there, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, uh, Apu is great. Um, we were accompanied today by uh, an ensemble at the Musical Instrument Museum in Phoenix. All right, Mark, let's get into the news. On Monday morning, yesterday, Nintendo announced a new Indie World showcase for Wednesday, November 9th at 9 a.m. Pacific time. The announcement promised roughly 25 minutes of information about indie games coming to Switch. And since we are uh, doing part two of our ranking the Zelda opening chapters or intros, we will not be talking about it on Thursday, but we will be covering it in our news episode next week. Right. So in the meantime, uh, obviously, we don't know anything else about what's going to be in this thing. Would you like to speculate about whether we see Sports Story, Sea of Stars, or Hollow Knight Silk Song? So the tr- I feel like the trend yes. has been we see it at the announcement, right? It's like made a big deal in the Indie World Showcase, but we haven't really have we seen them really come back before release, or they just like get release dates. Mm, usually they just get release dates to be fair i don't think sea of stars has actually been uh featured in any nintendo stuff but this is the uh this is the rpg from the developers of the messenger um that looks really cool and i'm very excited about it uh it's possible it doesn't even come to switch i'm pretty sure it has been in an an indie world showcase all right because i but i think it was after they had like the kickstarter like, I think it may have been earlier this year, like okay, at the beginning okay. of 2022, 
that mm, so I think all of these have were announced at an indie world showcase. Um now some of like Hollow Knight Silk Song, it's been long enough since we've seen anything about it that maybe it's big enough that we would get like an update on it I before think the it, release. I think it needs a like a, a pop before it, it it's released. I kind of feel the same way about Sports Story too. Because it was supposed to come out like last year, like twenty twenty one at some point. Um so like it's been a while. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe maybe uh maybe they do. I'm I also feel like we're at the point with indie games where I have no idea what to expect from yeah. the indie world showcases because you know when the Switch first came out there were a ton of heavy hitting indie games that hadn't been on a Nintendo console. So it was cool when they were all coming to Switch. That but I feel like the ones that I was aware of anyways that are like missing on the Switch's um library have long since been released yeah 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 well and you know it's well well games coming to the switch um is always like some kind of exciting the the real exciting stuff is when it's like something new you didn't know about um and looks like fun or is cool or whatever and is like releasing right now i mean that's we went through the new releases and the but there could be other games coming out on wednesday that we uh just don't know about yet um so yeah, uh, that's something that we'll be tuned into and be very excited to discuss with you next week. Also, today at 6 a.m. Pacific time, the latest Pokemon Violet and Scarlet trailer was released. Uh, obviously, we're recording this before that. The Pokemon Twitter account said, quote, you won't want to miss this in the announcement. So I don't know, maybe something big was announced this morning, but also maybe that's just a normal thing that they say when a trailer is about to be released. Yeah, I mean, some of the language around these uh, Pokemon, uh, like, teaser trailers has been, like, uh, very dramatic. The the last reveal of, like, the dog-ghost-type Pokemon, where it's like, a body was discovered <laughs> because the dog-ghost just, like, sucks your soul out while it hangs out with you. So, like, yeah, it, I mean, it's killing people. Um, so, yeah, I, I anticipate that this is just... Uh, then being like, you won't want to miss this, and then it'll be like a pun on missing something, or mm, you know, mm-hmm. whatever when it finally comes out. Um, but we're getting real close to the release of. We are. Of I this feel game. like there's like a real like deluge of uh, Scarlet and Violet stuff. Yeah, that's right. I think before I when I wrote this out, I wrote Pokemon without looking it up. I wrote Pokemon Violet and Scarlet, and then when I was saying it, it felt wrong because isn't it Scarlet and Violet? Oh boy, I I think you can say it either way, right? <laughs> no, it's right. two it's two different games. That is Pokemon so Scarlet crazy. and Pokemon Violet. I, I refuse to be a person who calls it Pokemon like Blue Pokemon Blue and Red, <laughs> Moon and Pokemon Sun. Pokemon White and Black. No, it's gross, and I won't stand for Shield it. Shield and Sword. With this podcast has to stand for something. We have to have standards, no matter how low. We have so and many think- standards. <laughs> We have so many things that we have to say, like, all the way through or together or whatever. We can mess up the order of the Pokemon games. I refuse. <laughs> uh, we got some new details about the Mario Plus Rabbids Sparks of Hope DLC last week. All three sets are available as part of the Season Pass uh, for $29.99. But the second and third sets can also be purchased individually. So here's some language from the Ubisoft press release describing the different sets. So in the Tower of Doom... That's four O's. Doom. Um, Madame Boistrella needs Mario, Rabbit Peach, and their friends to clean her multidimensional tower and save their old friend Spawny. This first DLC will add a new combat game mode where you will face highly strategic battles as you make your way to the top of the tower. 
and it's coming early 2023, exclusive to the season pass. Um, so does that uh, 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 the first DLC will add a new combat game mode? Uh, does that read to you like it is just a like like less story based and more just like a like a challenge tower kind it, of thing? It does kind of read yeah. that way to me. Um, but the second DLC pack, and this is again quoting from uh, Ubisoft, will take our heroes to a brand new planet, explore new environments, meet fun characters, discover secrets, and face off against new enemies. And that's like a mid-2023 release. This is, uh, I, I with not an official um, entry in the segment of Great Moments in Copywriting, um, but this is uh, the, the most I you could... Uh, the most words you could say about a video game and say nothing at all. Um, uh, explore new environments, meet fun characters, discover secrets, and face off against new enemies. Uh, that's a video game. <laughs> well, and then the third DLC pack, again, yeah. quoting, Ray uh, Raymond will join forces with Rabid Mario and Rabid Peach. You will be able to control Raymond and follow our heroes as they explore a new and mysterious place. <laughs> that one is late 2023. So all of this is coming out in 2023, be it early, mid, or late. Um, uh, and it's all available for 30 bucks. I am still have still have not purchased this game. Same. Still interested in playing it. Yep. Still interested in paying way less for it uh -huh. than what they're asking at the moment. Um, I went to to check on the the price for the season pass. Um, and you know pulled up the like deluxe version of uh, Mario plus Rabbit Sparks of Hope. Um, I think they call it like the gold edition or something like that. Uh, and was like a little bit. There was like a moment where I was like. <gasps> Because it said ninety dollars, you know, eighty nine ninety nine, um, which is the the season pass plus the game itself. That's so much money. <laughs> yeah, it is, especially when you combine it like that. Yeah. For whatever reason, if it's like, uh, I'm paying sixty bucks and then I'm also paying thirty. Right. It doesn't. Then I can. There's no I like sticker shop. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But yeah, for whatever reason, I was like, oh, oh my god, I ninety dollars. But I'm I'm uh, really interested in like what happens around Black Friday because usually totally. I I buy the majority of. Uh, Switch games digitally. I think I own two, maybe three, like game cards, including like Ring Fit Adventure is one of them. But I, uh, uh, I, I would buy this physically if it drops, you know, yeah. like in yeah, yeah. price for Black Friday. Um, because sometimes like digital doesn't drop at the same time or like yeah, all that kind of totally. stuff. Um, I, I only kind of like vaguely remember the dlc rollout for the first mario plus rabbits game and so this may be like an incredibly ignorant statement but i feel like this kind of follows the pattern that we saw before and maybe i'm just focusing on hmm. you know like having that big new story thing that is kind of seems bespoke from the main game sure in so, that third pack like we did with the donkey kong yeah 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 i mean I, Kingdom I battle i i do remember there being like uh you know, challenge rooms sort of things uh, released first and then Donkey Kong later. Um, th this may be like adding a step here where there's like the little intermittent, um, the the second pack, uh, take our heroes to a brand new planet. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah. maybe, maybe that's also just kind of challenging. Like who, it's not, uh, they're, they're, they're being uh, light with details on the rest of these things. Well, Patrick, if you had to guess, <laughs> and I know, and I know you know the answer because you wrote this news item. That's right. If you, but if you had to guess right. what the best-selling game in the Mega Man franchise is, which game would you pick? And sorry, there's no time to answer oh. <laughs> because I'm telling you right now, it's Mega Man 11. A surprising answer. Yeah, new data from Capcom puts Mega Man 11 sales numbers at over 1.6 million as of September 30th, 2022. 
um, making it the best-selling Mega Man game and the 67th best-selling Capcom game of all time. Um, so a little surprising to me. I Mega Man 11, uh, a game that I very much liked, um, but I, you know, wasn't like seen as a, uh, or was like critically wasn't as as well received as um, Mega Man's uh, nine or ten or like a lot of the classic ones. Um, and so it's just sort of uh, interesting that that would be the one to like break out to the extent that it even is a breakout. Um, one point six million is a respectable, uh, like that. That's good, um, but like it's also. I don't know. I guess I uh, had in my head that like Mega Man is like a, a, a you know king seller and like no, it's a niche product. Yeah, I yeah. I mean, I completely agree with you. Like one point six million, nothing to sniff at. The previous record holder was Mega Man Two at one point five one million copies, um, released in nineteen eighty eight for the NES. But Mega Man, I guess, has just like loomed so large in classic gaming. Yeah. Uh, in the classic gaming space, that it is funny to me that the best-selling one previously was just a little over a million copies. Yeah, well, and, like, some of that you can uh, attribute to, like, just the expansion in, like, the gaming market, right? That, like, more people play games now than they did in 1988. Like, that's just mathematically the the market that you're selling into is bigger. Um, But it's uh, since the gaming habits that, like, got people interested in Mega Man were forged in 1988, it seems like that's just about where the ceiling for that type of game is, is in, like, 1.5-ish million. Um, You know, 1.6, obviously, is is what Mega Man 11 sold. Um, But, yeah, it's just, like, if if, uh, they put out a new, like... 2d mario game and it's old 1.6 million they'd be like (laughs) you know like that's a real problem yeah i i wonder if um uh if let's if mega man 2 sold like one and a half million copies i wonder what like mega man 6 was you know yeah or even like it almost makes sense that they stopped making mega man games for a while oh because if like the sales like dropped off a cliff you're like oh yeah what is the incentive to continue to do this yeah i mean it yeah it it, it is a great point um so uh i i was i was a little i thought there's no way that mega man 2 has only sold 1.51 million copies so i went into like some of the deeper numbers um because they must not be counting the Mega Man Legacy collection as sales of Mega Man 2. Uh Patrick um, knighting up for Mega Man 2. I'm just I just Mega Man 2 has has bigger sales power than <laughs> is being represented here. Um because uh Mega Man Legacy Collection Volume 1 has sold an estimated 1.2 million copies and it includes Mega Man 2. Um so and some of the it's, that's based on like some soft math, but um, uh, Capcom producer Kazuhiro uh, Sukaya uh, in 2019 said that the Legacy Collection one and two together had sold two million copies, and the based on the like proportions between them, we can assume that it sold one, about 1.2 million copies. But even still, it, there's no way that uh, Mega Man two sold fewer than what 300,000 copies. <laughs> The righteous indignation of a Mega Man 2 fan. <laughs> it's a classic game! Um, so anyway, the question is, where's Mega Man 12? I know, I mean, it's a it's a fair question. You have the best-selling Mega Man game of all time. Uh, it feels like you got to build on that momentum, which I'm sure in, uh, it, my mind immediately went to Metroid, and I hope Nintendo's listening, because the same thing is true. You just had the best-selling, That's you right. know, like, Metroid game. Right. You can't let that languish. Um 
this is also just interesting to consider. Um, we've got the uh, Mega Man Battle Network collections coming out on Switch and other platforms uh, in maybe next year. I, I forget. I, I think there were dates for them, but I, I don't remember. Um, but I wonder what their expectations are for those, right? Right, like, yeah. Uh, you would think that, or I would think, that the like most popular of the Mega Man Legacy collections would be and the, their sales number bared this out, the original Mega Man Legacy Collection um, with that 1.2-ish million copies. <laughs> um, uh, and like, if everything else is sort of uh, aiming to sell less than that, it's just kind of a, a an, an interesting sales proposition. Yeah. And I guess, you know, uh, not that it takes no effort to make these collections, but my guess is that it probably is a lot less than developing a new game. That's true. So the... The plus digital eclipse is always looking for something to do, so you know, <laughs> get them on board. Um, you can uh, Capcom has on their website uh, their list of uh, platinum sellers, which is what they call anything that sold over a million copies. Um, and so like you can go through the list, and it's something like you know 111 games or something like that, that they have uh, have sold over a million copies, and you can just see. Like they have them all like ranked out there of uh you know all, all, all these games and you know the the top of the list is uh like Monster Hunter World right um and then Resident Evil Seven, Seven yeah um and you know it's crazy to see like how well those sell um compared to uh the the games that I I think of as their like marquee the Street Fighters and the Mega Man's and it's just like no no, no those are those are their um either second or third or fourth tier games uh where like the real real uh money makers are resident evil and monster hunter yeah like monster hunter world's like tens of millions of copies yeah it's like 60 something yeah Yeah, it's it's crazy nintendo announced their black friday deals for this season in north america the cornerstone of which is once again the uh nintendo switch with mario kart 8 deluxe bundle for 29 no. For $299.99, <laughs> including a three-month Nintendo Switch Online account, but, you know, not like the expansion pack. And uh, the Joy-Con are red and blue, saves you approximately 70 bucks. And this has been Nintendo's Black Friday bundle for at least, like, four years running now. Yeah, which, you know, hard to argue with. Uh, I mean, Mario Kart is a system seller. Uh wasn't a system seller for the for the for the Wii U, <laughs> but what are you gonna do? Um, so yeah, I mean they 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 may as well keep doing this, especially when um it is a game that motivates people to go online. Um, so they're likely to extend their uh NSO subscription, and which has this uh very appealing DLC um that people could either spend money on or subscribe to the uh expansion pass. Speaking of which, we probably should be getting those new tracks pretty soon. Yeah, in a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, also they're offering. Tw- off select software, including Mario Party Superstars, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, Animal Crossing New Horizons, The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening, uh, Fire Emblem Three Hopes, and Bravely Default 2. So I want to pause on these because, uh, as always, Nintendo games, uh, Nintendo first-party games don't go on sale all that frequently. Uh, $20 off is a significant uh, price cut. Um, I I, uh, have in our notes here that um, 40 bucks is a great price for Link's Awakening. Like, I think that's probably how it should have been priced from, from the get-go. Um, a great game and a great version of the game. Uh, totally worth it for 40 bucks. Uh, Mark, Fire Emblem uh, Warriors Three Hopes. I played the demo of this game and really, really liked it, but had a hard time, like, justifying spending 60 bucks on it. I can justify spending 40. I can do that. 
I think I'm going to do it. We love to dabble in Musou games. We love to dabble in Musou games. Here's the thing. I always like to dabble in them, and then I'm like, man, I'm done. Um, and it's usually b- before like uh, the like intro thing is done, um, before any demo would be up. I was really enjoying myself at the end of, of Three Hopes, uh, the demo for Three Hopes. Uh, so I'm hopeful that uh, when I do get it, that I will have fun with it. Three hopeful. Uh, 33% <laughs> off on these games, which normally they're not like the $60 games. Like Wario, WarioWare, Get It Together, normally 50, 33% off right now. Big Brain Academy, Brain versus Brain, also 33% off. And then $40 off of Mario Kart Live Home Circuit, the like AR, I guess it's not really AR kind of Yeah, AR? sure it is. Yeah, yeah. okay. Um, and then digital savings are also incoming, but uh, not detailed yet. Not detailed yet. Uh, any, anything look good in here to you, Mark? Is there something that you're expecting or that you would want? So the problem with all of this is that, uh, you know, I've generally just buy Nintendo first-party games if I'm interested in them from the right, get-go. Right. So there aren't very many on this list that I'm interested in that I don't have. But, you know, with this new, uh, to me, Mario plus Rabbit Sparks of Hope strategy, I'm still holding out a Spark of Hope yeah. for a Black Friday deal. <laughs> spark on... of Three Hopes. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, think, I think Black Friday is a little early for mm. uh, a Sparks of Hope uh, deal. But, you know, we'll, we'll see. Right, like we've there. T- time will tell on that. Um, I am kind of counting on like January time frame. Yeah, yeah. Is probably yeah, when I'll that, end up picking that, up the game. A, that's what I think too. The remake of Front Mission first uh, finally has a concrete release date of November thirtieth. This was, uh, you know, we've been seeing these things in uh, indie world showcases, or not indie world, uh, third party um, showcases, partner showcases um, from Nintendo for a, a little while. Um, so it's uh, neat that we finally have a release date. This is a Square Enix like uh, uh, mech-based um, tactical RPG. Um, uh, what a weird release date! November thirtieth. It's the Wednesday after Thanksgiving. Yeah, it's a weird dead zone. Like it's not not quite Black Friday, uh, and it's obviously not getting a physical release. So like maybe that doesn't matter. But what do release dates even mean anymore? Yeah, I don't know, especially for like a game like this. Yeah. I Any, don't know. Anyway, November 30th. Uh, finally, a set of Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. There we go. Got it right. Uh, because it was written for me that way. A set of Pokemon Scarlet and Violet cross Splatoon 3 Splatfest keychains were revealed as my Nintendo physical rewards last week. They cost 550 Platinum points and naturally like sold out in minutes. Yeah, they're just gone. Uh, I don't... There's... If there's a, a plan to restock them or whatever, that has not been made clear. Um, but yeah, you, you can't get them. They were they were cool. I am assuming that they are um, like uh, grass, fire, water written yeah. out in mm-hmm. like the Splatoon language with a little icon of the starters from uh, Scarlet and Violet. Right. And... I actually, like, I thought they were really cool looking, but yeah, sold out almost immediately. Kind of crazy that they made these physical merchandise for a Splatfest. Yeah. Uh, That's, it's such a, like, that's something that, like, the the whole Splatfest, uh, like, concept and, like, buying into your specific team's, uh, like, identity is, like, so built into what Splatoon is, but, like, the the fact that there's a, f- a physical object that you can like represent that uh, is very interesting, and I sort of can't believe they did it, and then also sold out of it right away. Um, but I guess that's sort of just the power of both Splatoon 
and Pokemon at the same time. Yeah, I bet you're right. Also, a good reminder that the starter type Splatfest begins this Friday, November 11th, and goes through the weekend. Uh, all right, Mark, let's get out of the news. That is going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Uh, remember, please rate, review, and follow us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the episode, you should share it on Facebook or Twitter, as long as Twitter still exists. Um, we appreciate it when you do that. You can follow us on Twitter, again, while it still exists. Uh, I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MK Mitchell, and the show is at Nincart Society. There's also a Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Anthony DeLuca made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Apebetty. You can get more of his music by going to apebetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Eller saying thank you for listening. <laughs>